Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I'm here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hi, hi. Who was just giggling at me. Uh, I don't I know why. I was told I needed to have an opinion. You do need to have an opinion. This is very important in this episode. Uh, so this is episode 51. We've broken over the 50 mark, so we're in episode 51. I want to thank you, uh, first off, everybody who's listening, uh, that you continue to come back and give us a little bit of your time. That's pretty awesome, and we do appreciate it. Um, we would like to say up front, too, um, that we are available for speaking engagements. I want to throw that out there. <laughs> Yeah, you like that, huh? <laughs> she doesn't know what to think about that. So. No, I, I just basically, heard that. Yeah, so basically, um, we're you know we're we do the podcast. We enjoy doing that. But if you uh, if you would have us, if you're interested in having us come to your church, congregation, youth group, whatever it is, um, if you're having a, um, a cake bake sale or whatever, I don't care. Oh um, damn! And you want somebody to come in and <laughs> talk about um, you know maybe some of the things we've talked about in the episodes of in the past, or talk about our relationship with the Lord, things that have happened in our life. Um, really, we're I, I'm interested. I know I'm interested in doing that. Um, it's part of what we're supposed to do is to go and make disciples. So we enjoy doing the podcast, but here recently I was thinking, you know, it'd be nice to be able to get out and actually um, have a little one-on-one time. You must have just had this thought overnight. Uh, no, I've been having this thought. <laughs> but it'd be nice to get out and talk to people one-on-one, you know, really communicate, really um yeah, I don't know. Interact. Fellowship. Yes, interact with other folks. So that's going to lead into a little bit of the conversation that we're going to have today on this episode. This is not going to be so much a scripture-heavy episode as it is um, current culture and, uh, I wouldn't say opinions, but a little bit of that too. Um, so this episode is probably going to be titled, uh, The Falling Away. I would call it The Great Falling Away, but I don't think we're there yet. We're, we're I think we're on the cusp of the falling away of uh, people away from Christ, away from God, away from religion, away from... Uh, morality and things. Everything's becoming subjective. Everything is uh, the way someone views it. It's from that perspective. The reason I bring this up is I saw an article today. I don't watch Fox News. A lot of people love Fox News. I we don't, don't have cable. Know, we so. don't. So I don't watch Fox News. But I did see an article today um, where Fox News did a, uh, a piece on, it said four out of 10 millennials uh, reject religion. Four out of ten, and so 40%. when you think of it that way, it sounds ooh, it's really big. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit of a numbers breakdown, right? So if we use that number uh, globally on a global scale, if we use that number globally, we're looking about um, there's seven. Say we had seven billion people, right? And um, and maybe forty percent of them don't believe. So you're left with about four billion people somewhere around there, four and a half billion people who believe something, right? So the, those four and a half billion people that believe something are going to, uh, we're going to include all false denominations, all false religions, all pagan gods. There's 4,500 different religions on the earth today. So, uh, they're included in that 4.5 billion number. Now, if we were generous and we said half of that were Christians, half of that, that would break down to about 2.25. You would have about 2.25 billion Christians out of 7 billion people on the planet. But we know, and I know, that that number is still inflated, that that is still not a realistic number because the, the amount of people who believe in a biblical sovereign God with his son Jesus, who has uh, washed us clean through his blood, who has made us born again and new in the spirit, that number is probably even less than that. I would, take, I would say you could take that number that 
that 2.25 and, and half that. Definitely, you could half that. So if we were to take it down, say 1 billion people. Say we've got 1 billion people on the planet who are uh, Scripture-believing people who believe that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That leaves 6 billion people lost in darkness. According to the Scripture, that's what it calls them, lost in darkness. So I think that really... At the outset of it, it sets the tone that uh, kind of getting an understanding of how dire and desperate things are. When you've got 6 billion people on the planet who probably don't believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that means 6 billion people are destined to destruction. They're destined to hell, honestly. I'm being honest about it. Um, and, and, you know, even even though I'm sitting here saying there's 1 billion believers um, possibly on the earth, I still don't even know if that's accurate. I mean, it could be less than that. It could be more than that. I don't know. God himself knows those numbers. We don't. Um, but in America, that's pretty big for us um, because if we take 40% of our population, that's what, 350 million people here in America, and we were to say that 40% of the population is uh, rejects religion, and then we were to say the other number that's left, we're looking at probably less than half, I mean, maybe a quarter of all Americans. A quarter is still a huge number, but I don't even think it's that much. Well, I think when you say rejects religion, that's still different than not believing. Well, no, I, well, that's true. But I think uh, the when, when Fox News said four out of ten reject religion, these are they're talking about people who consider themselves to be atheists um, or agnostics. They might be spiritual in some way, but they reject uh, the idea of an organized, organized religion. religion. Right. And, okay. and basically what they should have said was four out of ten people reject Christianity because that's the real honest truth, right? So uh, there's, a you know, and it's not, this is nothing new. I've got a list of 12 reasons why millennials um, reject the church. And we're talking Christianity specifically. Um, this is an article written back in 2016 I was able to find. Because I was curious. I'm like, what are some of the reasons why they might reject religion? You'll be as curious because some of these reasons on here have been around for probably since Jesus came. I mean, they're, they're not new reasons. Number one on the list is nobody listens to us. That's the number one reason, one of the reasons why the millennial generation rejects the church. They don't feel like they have a voice. They feel like they want to come into a congregation. They want somebody to hear them. They want somebody to um, to pay attention to what they're saying. And nobody listens to us. And honestly, we grew up in the 80s. And this was the same exact thing in the 80s. Um, rock and roll was big. Rebellion was huge. The parents, what was the one thing they always said about their parents? In the 80s, everybody said, parents just... Don't understand. Yeah, I don't even have to finish the sentence. You know what it was. Parents just don't understand it was on mtv we heard it from madonna we heard it from, i mean you if you if you saw any of the world uh, media at the time um that was the whole that was the whole argument is that well, your parents just don't understand how you are that's the problem and and it was they're not listening to you they don't care what you think and so that's the same it's an old argument that nobody listens to us so that's nothing new millennials I, we love you you got and, nothing and new. they really didn't care what we thought no i, I mean be <laughs> frankly to be honest with you we're your parents are your parents they're there to raise you and guide you and your opinion's nice but you you're 15 years old spoken to. right you're 15 and you don't know everything i mean it's just Sit part down of and society be quiet. Well, now you're getting mean. Well, you told me I needed to have an opinion. <laughs> you do so need there to have an is. opinion. But anyway, again, that's nothing new. Number two on this list was we're sick about hearing about values and mission statements. And so what this really broke down to, I found this one interesting because it was saying they're tired of going to churches where they're too busy telling you what their mission statement is. And generally it all focused around love. We're here to love the community. We're here to love this person. We're here to love that. We want to welcome you in. We want you know. And so they were saying there's so much time spent in these congregations 
congregations um, where they're focusing on their vision. What do we want to do in the future? By 2025, we want to be the, you know, I mean, there's so much of that. And and really that screams something to me is that it's, it's the one thing that me and you have been d- dealing with more and more in our lives is the concrete truth of God's word, right? So it's really experience versus truth and knowledge. You know, I think you can, uh, well, you'll see this in a lot of young people. They want, uh, the spiritual things of God. They want the spiritual gifts of God. They want the healing. They want the prophecy. They want all these things, all the experience Uh, of God, the special things. Yes. They want the special things of God, but they couldn't, uh, tell you about the foundations of what they believe. They don't have the truth underlying truth to support any of that. And so when those things don't occur the way they think they should, or they don't happen the way they, they think they should, their faith tends to fall apart because they didn't didn't build it upon a foundation, upon a rock. They built it on an emotional experience. And so what they're saying here is that, you know, they're tired of hearing about these, these values and, um, mission statements because they're looking for something a little bit more. Give me something more than just what your, your mission statement is. And this goes into number three on the list was, um, helping the poor is not a priority. So for this generation, there's a lot. If you're, if you keep up with politics and the media and all these things going on, um, there's a huge push for, you know, I mean, we're not, I don't consider myself a Democrat, but they're very concerned about poor people. I'm not going to take that away from them. Social issues. Correct. And so I think this generation comes out saying, hey, we want to be worried more about poor people. And they're tired of going into the churches and seeing lavish lifestyles. I mean, if you want to be honest with you, there are some mega churches. There's, and I'll not name it, but there's a mega church in Charlotte. Um, The guy who runs it, his name's Stephen. And I'm not not going to throw his last name out there. But if you look into his personal, I would say his personal finances have been brought up on multiple occasions. He lives in a multi-million dollar home. He, it is, it's absolutely ridiculous. The, the luxurious lifestyle, the man is living to be leading the body of Christ. And we've talked about this. If there's anyone in your congregation who is hurting at all, if there's anyone in your congregation who is struggling at all, how dare we, you know, if you're a pastor or a preacher, how, why would you, how could you even, how could you even go to your, you know, I would be riddled. $1.2 million house. I would be riddled with guilt. Some little old lady living in a single wide trailer who can barely pay her bills has been given faithfully to the service or to the church, and, and you're going and living in your $1.2 million house. I mean, there's, there's a thing going on in the UK. I just saw an article today about a, a gentleman from Nigeria who was supposedly a pastor. This is no joke. You can look this up. I don't, I don't have the information in front of me, but I scanned it. But he's from Nigeria. He's preaching in the UK right now. And he has been taking, he's accused of taking teenagers to a blood bank to donate blood so they could get money supposedly to give to the poor. But when they went into his house, he had Range Rovers all parked in the driveway. He's living in a multi-million dollar home. He is living, I mean, the guy has a Louis Vuitton belt on in the picture and him and his wife are living this luxurious, rich lifestyle. And they're telling people, you need to go give blood to get money to bring it to church. You know, I mean, this is what we're talking about. That's not the priorities that Jesus had set. That's not when the Bible talks about kingdom building. That's not what it's talking about. I don't think these people understand the irreparable damage that they do. And that's, again, this is why I think we're, we're facing a falling away. We're headed toward the great falling away. But I think these people, they, they see what they can get out of it. They, they see that people are willing to submit to the scripture, to the gospel. They're willing to submit to God, especially if you wave them around enough. And, uh, and they take advantage of that. And they're wolves in sheep's clothing. They're out here just fleecing the flock, taking the money. Um, you know, somebody writes an article about him. It'll do a little bit of damage, but it won't make him go away. He won't disappear. Uh, not unless he's brought up on some kind of criminal charge. So 
it's ridiculous. Uh, they've got. A, I think the millennials have a, a genuine argument to say that we should be taking the poor. As a, we should be taking care of the poor as the church. Um, and really, it should be the sense that you're you're so involved in your community as believers that your community couldn't see how they would do without you. That those people at that local congregation give so much that we can't even see if that congregation was not there. You know, when you think when you drive around your neighborhood and you see these churches parked on every street corner, in my mind, it, the thought should be that 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 congregation, you know, they want to be Christ to this community. It should be so much so that the people are almost tired of seeing them. They're out here all the time feeding people and. and and helping and you know there's so many good churches and congregations that go out and do the work of the lord and i commend you so much for that because it's awesome it really is awesome when people get out and they share the love of jesus um so they're looking for that um number four on the list was they're tired of they're tired of you blaming the culture they're tired of the church blaming the culture for all the problems that the church has or what the communities have or that the country has. And culture has a lot to do with it, but at the same time, a church's well-being or a congregation's well-being doesn't really have anything to do with the culture. It has to do with the culture inside the building. Um, if you let the outside, I read something the other day, this guy said, we're trying to win over the carnal world by carnal means, and all you're doing is bringing carnality into your, your the body of Christ. We're not really converting anyone. We're just using carnal means to get carnal people inside the church. Um, number five, the you can't sit with us effect. This is a big one. I've not seen this. It was from a movie. I think it said Mean Girls. Never saw it. Don't know what it is. But it's, there was some, well, I'm sure you would know this. So I'm going to let you have this one. It's basically, okay, so the popular people, uh -huh. they have a specific table that they sit at, which I guess you could equate this to a pew in the church. Right. And if somebody even looked over there like they were going to sit down, you can't sit with us. Okay. Keep it so moving. Like, I don't, were, what, what are you looking at? They were saying, you, you're just not, you don't belong to our group. So, and I think that there's a lot of young people, and this goes beyond millennials. This really goes into anyone. There's so many people in churches who are not in that millennial generation, the baby boomers, older people. There's, there's different ages of groups that feel the same effect, is that they come in and um, a congregation is split up by who has the most money or who has the most influence or which family has been here the longest or which group of people, um, you know, how many deacons are, are from one family and who really controls the congregation. And Or if you have deacons at all. Yeah. And so there's so many different... There's so many different ways I think that they view that. They look at it and say, you know, it's tough when you want to come in and you want to be a part of something, but you don't feel like you fit into a certain group. And uh, and that's definitely not something we want in the body of Christ. We want to make sure that we're making, uh, you know, I don't use the word inclusion, but we want to make sure that everyone is a part. If they're a believer, they belong. If they're, they're our brothers and sisters in Jesus, if they're born again, they're one of us, right? So that's just the way we should view it. And that's the only way it should be. It should be the only group that is, is a them and us, those who are in the body of Christ and those who are not um, children of God and people are not the children of God. Number six, distrust and misallocation of resources. And we talked about that already there. Uh, yeah, so the they really way. don't have a, they don't have a, a great confidence in congregations to use the money um, that they do donate in a godly manner. They don't feel like, you know, when I give money to this local church or whatever, um, that they're doing enough good work with it, that they're doing the Lord's work with. It. And that goes back to feeding the poor and um, taking care of ministries. I mean, there's so many, um, I've seen so many congregations that did the field of dreams thing. If everybody remembers the field of 
of dreams where the line you was, build it, it will, they, they will come. come. That's right. If you build it, they will come. So there was a lot, you know, I've known quite a few congregations where they've had 30, 40 people and there has been a huge push and they've already got a gigantic building and the huge push is to build another building. Let's build a huge, a big building. If we build a bigger building, they'll come. And, and the truth is if the Lord's not in it, no one's going to show up. I mean, that's, you know, even if you do a home Bible study with 10 people, if the Lord's not in that, people are not going to show up. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how build you, how big you build it. Now, I will say that some of these mega churches have, have filled up coliseums, but they've not filled up coliseums with people um, who are grounded in the Word of God. They yeah, filled up with a, it's a great music. Or... Sure. I mean, we can, you can do that all day long. Um, but when we're, you know, they really, I think these, it's talking about the millennials just don't have a trust of people to manage funds. Well, and I get that. Um, let's see. They want to be number seven. I thought this was interesting. They want to be mentored and not preached at some millennials typically want to be mentored and not preached at. All of this tells me something that like a life coach. No. Um, all of this tells me something that's really important that I think we're really, we hit on a lot is that it's the foundational truth of God's word. If we're supposed to be going out and we're supposed to be making what of other people? Disciples. There you go right there. We're supposed to make disciples of, of other people. So if you've got people coming in your congregation and all we're doing is preaching at them constantly, um, it's that idea that, you know, I've said before on the podcast that there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, but we stand up and we continue to lay condemnation at people's feet and we're doing this all of the time, then they're just going to feel defeated all the time. They don't grow in Christ. They're not turning into great disciples. They're just kind of getting beat up a lot, right? And so I think that's what they're saying is we want to be mentored. We want somebody to disciple us we want somebody to teach us what god's word says well i think i well i equate it to uh, like a preceptor like well because i'm a nurse you know when you start if you're a brand new nurse then you have a preceptor that you're with for a certain period of time where you can you build a bond and you can ask questions like i don't understand this can you explain this to me or how do i do this and uh, i don't think there's a whole a lot of that. No, and I, I would agree. I think the scripture, even the Bible tells us that, uh, you know, it says the let the young man ask the, the elderly man, let the young ladies ask the elderly ladies, let them get the knowledge from the old because that wisdom of, of the Lord and his word is are in the, uh, in the older folks in the congregation. Those are the ones who've walked this stuff for 40 and 50 years. And if they have a real good relationship with the Lord, then they have a deeper understanding than somebody who's 15 years old or 20 years old is going to have. Most of the time. I'm going to say most of the time. <laughs> we'll go with that. There, I'm sure there was some. Exclusion. Yes, there's, there's a few there. Um, so let's see. They want to feel valued. Number eight, they want to feel valued. They want to feel like they're valued. And I think that is not just a generational thing. No, that's just a I human think everybody, emotion. Right. I think everybody at some point in our co- culture wants to feel valued. We want to feel like we matter. And I think the toughest part for Christians is we, we struggle. I know I constantly struggle um, with not feeling valued enough. And it's not by you or anyone else around me. It's that I don't, I think the devil lays that at our feet and he puts that on us is that you're not good enough. You're not good enough for God. Why would God want you? He knows all the things you've done. He knows what you'll do in the future. You're a failure. Why would God even want you? And so my own personal value to God is, is something I struggle with all the time. But I know on the other side of that, that I matter to the Lord. He wouldn't have sacrificed his son had I not mattered right? It had to matter a lot. Um, so that personal value, now I think they mean they want to feel value to a congregation. They want to feel like they're important. Um, one of the things I would encourage, 
And if you're leading a congregation, if you're in a, a local church and you're listening to this podcast, don't throw people right into stuff as soon as they walk in the door. Hey, we got a youth group we need you to lead. Hey, we got a youth hey, ministry you we need. Hey, watch kids in the nursery. Right. Hey. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things. And I think people get church burnout a lot because that happens. Um, I, I remember I went to one church uh, in my early 20s, and I mean, no sooner than I, I really got sat down in the seat, the preacher was on me to lead a uh, young uh, couple's uh, Bible study class. And I'm like, I'm just new here. I might have been here like three times. You know what I mean? And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't long before it became too much. I'm working a job, and I was under a lot of stress and pressure, and I had relationship issues going on. I'm like, I'm not the guy to be leading this, you know? But I got drug in right off the bat. And so really be careful. But take the time. Look for people who are willing to do this stuff. Don't just, you know, oh, there's somebody. Get them to sing in a choir. Wait for you know. the Lord to work. Absolutely. Let him do his that. work first. Um, and, then, and then bring them into it. Number nine, we want you to talk to us about controversial issues. Um, this was interesting. They want to, they want to have someone talk about them, uh, controversial issues. And the thing said, honestly, it said, I don't want a sermon series about sex because it's not appropriate with children in the congregation. But at some time I need somebody to talk to me about the way that God wants me to handle my finances, the God, the way that God wants me to handle my relationships, the way that God wants me to, um, react to situations in the world, in the workplace. We've got to have genuine real, and this is what this podcast is genuine, real conversations about living the Christian life. Because it's easy to sit, I could, listen, we could sit here all day long and throw all kinds of glitter on this show and we could make everything sound so high and lofty and heavenly and that this glorious and there's never any trouble. But that's not reality. But it's not reality. And so what these younger kids are looking for, these younger people are looking for is somebody just to tell them the truth about life. Tell me the truth about life. Give me some real things that I can deal with. Um, The next one would be... The public perception. To them, public perception matters. What is your local congregation doing? How does the, the public view it? And, and and on one side of that, it shouldn't matter, right? I mean, it's going to matter to some people. It shouldn't matter to us what anybody thinks. Whether the whole world denies Jesus and I'm the only one left, it shouldn't even matter um, because I should stand with the Lord. But I get it. They want to make sure that everybody, everything's about appearances these days. It really is. Mm. You've got Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all these different things where people are on promoting themselves, promoting their congregation. And, uh, and they want to feel like they're in something that's hip and trendy, I guess, maybe that they, they, they want it to be seen. Um, let's see the uh, number, this is number 11. I said I had 12 on here and I only got 11. I think I forgot to write the 12th one down. Good job. It's probably old people forgetting stuff. That's number 12. <laughs> no, but number 11 would be stop talking about us unless you're going to do something. And honestly, that's a genuine valid point. We talk, I think the world talks about millennials and when we were growing up, it was the generation X and it was the baby boomers and every generation gets beat up. They get beat up by their parents. They get beat up by their grandparents. I remember back in my day, we walked both, you know, both to school, both hills up in the snow, up the side of a mountain, you know, through the valley of fire. What, but it's just generally, um, we really should be. And so I, it's just, I don't even know. It's just crazy. But the point is, and really the way I started off the podcast, the point is, is that four out, according to Fox News, their their polls could be wrong. Um, They're saying four out of 10 people don't believe in religion anymore, which is great because there's six people there that do to some extent. Um, But we have a huge opportunity to make an impact in the world as believers. If we're not taking the time to uh, engage with people I mean, these, these points that some of these, uh, these things were made here absolutely are true points that we should be following. We should be trying to help the poor. We should be trying to help the less fortunate. We should be taking God's money, the money that he gives us and using that resource to bless someone else. Um, 
It's not about hoarding away money for us. It shouldn't be about, we see that in the book of Acts. We're going through that right now, how the, the early church sold everything they had and they split it up among themselves equally. So nobody was, was missing or was without, um, they wanted everybody to be taken care of. And, and that's a, uh, commendable thing. You know, we live in a society that's so divided from the left and the right. And one side says, we want everything you got. And the other side says, no, you can't have it. You didn't earn it right? You can't have anything. Right. And so it becomes this thing of, well, at some point we've got to take care of the poor. Sometimes we've got to stop thinking about what, how much money the rich man has This is what everybody wants to focus on in the world today. Well, the rich people have 1% of all the wealth. The 1% of all people have the majority of the wealth, the rich people, rich people, rich people. Stop worrying so about the rich. For right. everything. Stop worrying about the rich people. What can we do for the less fortunate, the poor people around the world. What can we do for the poor people in our community? I'm not worried about how much money Bill Gates has got. Don't care. Don't know Bill Gates. Don't know his money. Doesn't matter to me. What does matter is what do I have? What does God bless me with? How can I bless someone with that? So hopefully, you know, this is a quick uh, podcast about the great falling away or the falling away. I think the great falling away is, is I think it's coming. I think we're just in a falling away now. I think as we go through time, we're talking about less than 1 billion people on the planet probably today knowing the true gospel of Jesus. Um, and I think that number decreases as time goes on. I think people are more uh, into new age movements. They're more into spiritualism. They're more into mystic arts, things like that. And I think the further as we go in time, I think we're going to see the, uh, the, the remnant of, of God really coming forward um, as, as the church continues to shrink in America specifically. Hopefully it grows in other places. Uh, but anyway, you could check us out on the YouTube, the Twitter, and the Instagrams, all the places all the other people are at. We just talked about And we're about. just throwing, we're trying to throw the gospel out there for everybody. You can reach us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. We'd love to have your uh, emails, concerns, or comments on the show. Uh, please like and subscribe, share this with other folks. That's how it grows. If you tell somebody, you know, there's a couple people in North Carolina who are just talking and won't be quiet. They're not quite that obnoxious. No, maybe we are. We don't know. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate you listening and we will catch you again next time. Bye.